Travel Agent Chatter, Volume 9. Today we've got Will Medina, owner of Destination Weddings Expert, on the show. Travel Agent Chatter is an audio series produced by the team here at Host Agency Reviews. For those of you new to the show, well, welcome. Uh, you can find the show notes and a transcription at hostagencyreviews.com slash TAC. Never again miss an episode of Travel Agent Chatter. Make sure to follow us on SoundCloud under our Host Agency Reviews profile, or you can subscribe to Travel Agent Chatter on your favorite podcast platform. Now, let's get on to the show. All right. Well, hello, hello, all you fandabulous listeners. It's a beautiful day out, and I'm so excited that you're joining us today. Um, I'm Steph Lee. I'm the founder of Host Agency Reviews and your host for today's episode. Now, what's different about it this time around is some of you will be listening to this via our podcast, and some of you are going to be watching this on YouTube because Will, who I'll introduce in just a minute, um, had suggested that we go on Zoom and actually have video. I was like, that's a brilliant idea. <laughs> and voila, here we are. So um, you may have seen Will on social media. He's crazy active within the agent community and with his clients. Um, and maybe you were like me and we're scrolling through your feed and suddenly you saw uh, this man swimming underwater uh, in a merman. I don't want to say outfit. Like a merman fin, fin, and I was like, "Who is this guy with amazing merman technique? Like it is amazing." And I will post it in our show notes and in the YouTube description <laughs> so you can see this video because he looks like a real merman. I am a real merman. <laughs> <laughs> so Will specializes in destination weddings, and he has an average group size of around fifty guests. Um, and his agency sold around $1 million last year. He kind of um, does a little bit by how they travel, so it's a little bit different. But to give you an idea of his growth, he um, started going really full-time three years ago. And um, that year, he booked 11 destination weddings. Then last year, he had 23 on the books. And then this year, his goal um, is to keep the number of weddings the same but to increase the value of the wedding. So he's, he's, he's not aiming to go for volume. He's aiming to go for quality. Um, and so what we want to do today is kind of tease apart what is making him so successful and how he books these destination weddings without his head exploding, um, which, yeah, is mind-boggling to me. But um, <laughs> So for those of you that are listening, we'll list the full transcript and show notes at hostagencyreviews.com slash TAC, um, and you can click on volume nine. So today's itinerary is the first thing we'll talk about is marketing. Then we'll talk talk about, I'm calling it type a it, but it's really just Will is more of a type A agent. And so we'll talk about how that has helped him in his business. Uh, then we'll talk about some booking secrets, and then we'll wrap it up with the warm, fuzzy segment. So, Will, welcome to Travel Agent Chatter. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Stephanie. I'm super excited to be here. It, it's very exciting. It's so exciting to be, like, face-to-face -face right now. <laughs> it is. Technology is amazing. Mm -hmm. So, before our call, we hadn't really um, chatted except over social media, and we have a lot in common because... You know, while you like to um, wear the fin, I personally like to dress up in inflatable T-Rex costumes. So <laughs> I just saw that. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think people know this, but it's like we're soulmates or something. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I have to ask you, how often do you pull out the old fin? Is this like a, you know, weekly thing? What is it? No, I don't have much time anymore for weekly, but, you know, <laughs> I live in Florida, so we do have winters as well. Um, not quite like the ones you have in Minnesota, but, you know, the water gets cold and it's too chilly for us to go out. Mm -hmm. so in the you just summer, lounge in it then? Yeah, so <laughs> I just, actually, I just go uh, in the hot tub. So, but in the summer, oh. I pull it out, I would say, you know, uh, uh, once a weekend, like Saturdays or Sundays, just for an hour or so to go to the pool uh, but I've only, I've only had my tail for about a year and a half, so it's like a new thing for me. I've always had it like secretly. I wanted it like with the emoji, 
um, uh-huh. you know, on your phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like a year and a half ago, I bought it and I absolutely love it. You're a natural. You really are. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, so speaking of social, when we spoke, you said that social is your only marketing strategy. You don't do bridal shows. You don't do direct mail campaigns. Social is the only way you market. So what platform are you getting the most leads from? So for me, social media, is a, I do a combination of Instagram and Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, on Facebook, however, it's the Facebook page is just a little bit of like cross posting from the Instagram page. Uh, and then I kind of drive the traffic to my Facebook group uh, for brides. So it is kind of like a triangle, but it's, I would say primarily is my Instagram account and definitely my Facebook group, like huge source of leads uh, for my brides. And, and how many are in your Facebook group for brides again? Uh, it's just over 500 members right now. Um, I keep focus on, you know, quality over quantity. So I decline a ton of people because I have like the little questions you have to answer before um, mm-hmm. you, you join. And I don't know if you've seen like most of the consumer groups you have, you know, you have one for every hundred consumer, you have 25 or 30 vendors, mm-hmm. um, not in my group. So the majority of those people are brides. And then I have like a small curated group of vendors that I do recommend um, anything from, you know, they'll save the date and invitation designs to photographers to makeup parties and things like that. Um, then I invite them to the group to be part of the collaboration. Uh, gotcha. So, so is there... Is there a turnover from the brides then after they've had their destination wedding, they leave? You know, some leave, but but what I've noticed is that most of them actually stay in the group. Um, okay. you know, they just love being able to like help other brides that uh, basically are starting over in the process. And they like to, I would say sometimes they like to brag about what they did for their own <laughs> weddings and you know, share, share how cute their invitations were and, you know, brag about the resort they picked with my help. Um, I would say most of them stay and it is nice because they do help, you know, which actually helps me with the workload of having to be the only person responding. Um, And then they're amazing advocates for my services. So um, it works out where they stay there and they just keep uh, spreading the word. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. Well, so one thing I found is that there's a danger in, in social marketing and that if you're on it all the time, it can be such a such a time suck. I mean, I'm, I go on social media and suddenly I find myself on a site that's telling me how to properly pet an ostrich. And I'm like, how did I end up here? What happened? You know? And so how do you, how do you deal with that? If you're communicating with brides via the messenger and you're in the feed, how do you not end up on those ostrich pages? say it no i definitely understood because i i I hear agents that do that Uh, to me i will tell you like i'm more of a podcaster so i love i love listening to podcasts i love listening to music but most of my day i go like completely silent so it is just me here on my computer focusing on what i have to do um and i don't really i'm i'm rarely on youtube looking up stuff so i'm always like so driven to staying productive and just basically, you know, getting what I have to do, getting shit done mm-hmm. that, uh, I don't really get distracted by those things. I will say though, um, if you are in the groups, especially because I have that group and then I belong to others, which, you know, sometimes if I'm scrolling through and I see a question, I pop in and, and answer because it gives me exposure as well. And it keeps me kind of current with the questions and, you know, the craziness that the brides are thinking. Uh, but I, I will say it's just about just being really focused on what you're showing up to do in social media. For me, it's all about connection uh, and, and, you know, brand awareness. Like, I'm not there just, hey, book me, book me, you know, talk to me. It's more about giving them value, like really sharing, sometimes even inspiration. Um from time to time, I look at my, at my Instagram, I'm like, oh, my God, I haven't given a tip in, like, so long. But it's okay because not all the brides that are there or, or all the people that are there follow me just for the destination wedding piece of it, right? So mm-hmm. I focus it more around it's a it's a brand or personal brand around travel where you're coming here to be inspired, you know, to laugh and to be crazy with me. Um, and it works. But in terms of like just not getting distracted and you know going to those sites, uh, it's just not me. I 
No. You don't you don't care about how to pet ostriches? <laughs> I know. No. Nah. Oh. I will say I do spend a really big amount of time inside of other uh, Facebook groups for travel agents that I manage and that I help manage or admin. Um, you know, again, just helping other agents. And, you know, we have one that we just laugh 24-7. And, and those are like my coworkers because otherwise it's just me and, you know, my little Katrina there. And <laughs> I don't have a mermaid here. That's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you had said earlier that um, when brides message you and they're like, I want to quote via messenger because that's incredibly difficult to handle, I think, via messenger. I hate writing out advice. Yep. Um, so how do you handle that? Because you have some sort of a step that gets them to where you want right away. Yes. So I'm kind of a nerd as it comes to like technology and systems. Uh, I have a system for everything, right? So for example, the right contacts me and I genuinely, first of all, I use the autoresponder that the Facebook business page gives you. Mm -hmm. um, which basically just says, you know, hey, thank you for reaching out. You know, we're so excited about your next travel event. Um, please send us your email so we can contact you, right? That's like the automatic in case I'm not around, I'm not on Facebook, uh, or like right now, I'm busy for the next couple of hours. It doesn't matter. They will automatically get that message, and then they send me their email. Mm -hmm. So typically, if I am around, I will like just chat them, you know, hey, what are you thinking? Or, you know, thank you for reaching out. What do you have in mind? And I will have a, a very honest and real conversation with them where they don't feel like it's, you know, just a robot or a chat box, bot or whatever. Um, and just basically take it from there. And I'll say, you know, I will email you information. Uh, but here's also the link to book my complimentary consultation, which is how my process works. And I explain to them, um, unlike any other agencies or most agencies, I don't, you know, I don't quote until, until I know your needs. Um, so I'm going to give you a free hour of my time so you can pick my brain. We can discuss your needs. Um, that's complimentary. And then from there, we'll discuss if, you know, if we're the right fit to work. Mm -hmm. so it's a very quick, it's a very quick process where again, just connect, ask a couple questions so that, they, but cause I'm sure they probably message three other agencies at the same time. Right. And someone, you know, that they jumped into giving them a quote. Um, I just give them my, my, let's call it my, my, my speech, my, my, my spiel. And then just send them the, the page to book the link, uh, mm -hmm. to book the consultation. And then at the same time, I go to my active campaign, which is the email marketing um, service that I yeah. use. And then I have an automated uh, follow-up sequence that goes out to them. Now, these those two things, because I'm giving them the, the link right away to, to book the consultation. And I also, if they're not part of my Facebook group yet, because they found me in a different group, I invite them to my Facebook group, right? So again, they're coming to my territory, um, but they may not take action because they may be like, mm, I don't know that I want to talk to anybody yet, right? Or they may be, mm, I don't know, you know, these other agencies give me quote, no big deal. They may not take action or they may be at work and mm -hmm. just forget. Then I hit them via email and then that email, that email system uh, hits them for about, I would say three weeks with you know just tips and like things that basically build up not only my authority but also uh help them with questions and things that they may not know and other questions that they may be wondering for example one of them could be you know what is the difference with booking with me versus booking online mm -hmm. so i wrote a heartfelt response will style that actually addresses that so it's me it's you know it's a template but it's me answering that question to them and that goes to them so did they you made, send them to your blog or are you, or is the whole message in the email? I do a combination of both. So okay. some, some articles or some, you know, responses, let's call it, you know, frequently asked questions, they are shorter. So I just give it to them, especially at the beginning. And then there are others where I insert half of the blog and then read more, go to the, to the website. So again, that I'm hitting them from different angles. Um, so I do a combination of both, but definitely I use the blog strategy a lot, mm -hmm. um, especially so with the longer the email yeah. is so key. Yeah, exactly. Especially the, the longer emails because it's too much to, you know, too much to, to explain. So getting mm -hmm. the email, it's, it's definitely key. Mm -hmm. And one thing I wanted to mention too is, um, so you use Acuity for your scheduling software, yes. right? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll put a link to that. And then also the, um, what is the name of the? Active Campaign. Active Campaign, which I looked up and it had great reviews. So um, we'll put a link to those in the show notes or in the YouTube description. Um, and they're they're really great. Acuity, if you haven't tried it, um, it's $15 a month for the basic plan. Mm-hmm. And if you think of how much time you spend back and forth with being like, well, 3 p.m. work for you. How about whatever on? Then you can just say, here's my calendar, schedule it. Um, and you can have different types of consultations um, that you that they can sign up for. So it's a it's pretty spiffy. <clears throat> it is. And let me, let me tell you one more thing about Acuity that a lot of agents don't think about, especially now during the training. Um, you know, it's stuff that I had to talk about a little bit more in detail so they, won't, they would understand. Um, I have been using Acuity for about four to five years, so excuse me if the plans have changed because I'm grandfathering to one of their older plans. Me too. But I, but I believe they have a free plan that you start out, like if you don't need, you know, a lot of connectivity and whatnot. Um, so they have the the free one, but let's let's just talk about the fifteen dollars one. So even that one, that one, by the way, just for everybody, is a thirty days, I think, free. They made that, I think, so last year or something. Free one. Okay, mm-hmm. but let, let's say it's $15, right? I started paying for Acuity before I actually needed it all the time, but there is something that I you know, I like to call opportunity cost. You have to think about the $15. Uh, I mean, that's two trips to a Starbucks, sometimes just one. <laughs> but in reality, you know, what it is doing, to me, it's doing two things. Number one is putting the three. Number one is putting the, the ball in their court right away. So where you're not like, hey, are you available tomorrow? Oh, no, sorry, I got to work at 5 p.m. Then now I have to be worried about um, the, the specific time zone that you're in. Oh, sorry, I didn't remember that I have a meeting tomorrow. So there's a lot of back and forth. It puts the ball under court. Sometimes I get appointments booked three weeks from now because I'm not available the rest of the week. They're not available next week. So next Tuesday is when it works for them, right? So I get mm-hmm. appointments booked way in advance because of that. <clears throat> Excuse me. The other thing that it does is it allows you to control the time that you're giving away for free consultations. At the end of the day, to me, it's worth every second of it because it is my sales strategy. That's where I bring you again into my territory. We have a one-on-one conversation without all the noise of social media, of other brides, of other groups, and just speaking things that are so generic that I don't know what is your budget, what are you guys coming from and whatnot. So it, it kind of allows you to control. When I started using Acuity, I was doing consultations four to five days a week. Now I only have two days a week that I do consultations. And very mm-hmm. strategically, I know my Mondays are swamped. I don't want to talk to anybody on Friday um, in terms of like new clients and whatnot. So I have two days a week. And if I'm out of town, I have the ability to go in and adjust that and take away those days from there. Yeah, that's fantastic. And then the third thing that it does is that it allows you to ask um, kind of like intake. It, it has an intake form so that when I'm showing up to this meeting, I already know if you're going to book me or not. Not not 100%, right? But I, I have a really good feeling because I'm asking you key questions about what is your budget? Do you have a passport? What are you guests coming from? Have you done any other research with any other agencies? Um, you know, what is your vision, right? Because all of these things are very important. So by the time I get to this phone call, I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Like I am prepared. Like I just go and then I go have my regular conversation to dig a little bit deeper versus sitting here like, oh, how can I help you? You know, yeah. it just gives you that insider information. And lastly, if they don't fill it out, they're not interested in my time and I don't want them to waste it. So it just weeds out the shoppers as well. Yeah. Well, okay. So um, speaking of marketing, so when I was Googling destination weddings expert, and I think like maybe your name or something, then it pulled up all these reviews. So you had, you know, double digits, maybe 14 reviews on Facebook, and I think like 38 on Travel Leaders Agent Profiler. And that's a huge problem for a lot of agents is getting these reviews from their clients. How are you able to get that many? What's your strategy and process there? Ah, good question. This has come up. Uh, this has, you know, been perfected over the years as well. Um, you know, I struggle with this myself for a long time. So I know it is, it is a, a real struggle. 
but at the end of the day, it's a numbers game. So what I've done at this point is I just have it automated. Um, there is there are two that there are two review requests that go out to them once again. It's a template by now, but extremely heartfelt, written by me, as if I was talking to you, Stephanie, and asking you for a review after this this uh, podcast, right? Mm -hmm. So very, very, very uh, personalized. Just asking them, you know, thank you for for working with me. I know you have choices, and you know, I had a blast or whatever else it says. I haven't read it in a while. In a while, and then it just points them out to one site. Um, so I would say for me, consistency has been key. So asking every single trip, therefore, it's automated. So if 10 people travel and only one give me a review, it doesn't matter. I do so many groups a year that, you know, they are going to uh, pile up eventually. Uh, so consistency, consistency has been key. And then just picking the one thing. Like if you, I've seen agents that send out four links. Hey, would you care to review me? And they want to review on Yelp. They want to review on uh, on. on on uh, travel leaders they want to review on wedding wire they want to review on facebook and it just doesn't work okay don't have that time and clients i mean they don't care that much let's be honest right so you got to catch them when they're hot to me uh it's exactly three days after their trip return um, why is that um, test, I tested it. Um, mm -hmm. I tried the day after it was too soon. Nobody answered. I try a week later, people already get back to their routine. So to me, three days was that we're like, okay, you're, you're already caught up. Let's say you arrive home today from work, uh, from a trip It's Wednesday. So tomorrow you get back to work. It's Thursday. You're swamped on emails. Then Friday, you're still going through the motions. And then Saturday, you're already like really starting to miss, you know, that vacation life and, you know, the breakfast in bed kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, I play with a lot of different days. Three days for me has been the magic number um, to get those reviews. Um, and, and again, just every single person that travels gets it. So that's really good because you get a lot more and it also keep me on my toes because I know if they're getting that link no matter what you know yeah. I better make sure that my service was up here every single step of the way and then you do a follow-up email if they don't yes I okay. have a, a on active campaign I have it again an automated one uh, that goes as part of my travel tips um, about 30 days after that one doesn't get as many, um, like as much feedback mm -hmm. to be honest with you, but it's there, right? Yeah. It just goes out to everyone. So if it gets me in it one more month, that's 12 reviews in one year that I didn't have. Well, since you're a self-described type A personality, I figure we better, better stay on task and start moving into the next segment, which is type A in it. Um, <laughs> So you, you kind of have a methodology and structure for and a flow for everything in your business. And once a bride and groom have um, done their, their hour-long free consultation with you and they've decided they want to sign on with you, um, you set them up with a premium website and a project management board, which we'll get to in just a second. But um, before we do that, is it... A, is it hard to set up this premium website? Can non-techie agents do it? And what exactly is it? Oh, my God. It's super easy. Non-techie agents can do it because my brides can do it. Like, all of them, <laughs> all of them do it. So, uh, and, you know, not all of them are techie, regardless of their age. Like, it's everybody thinks millennials are, like, super techie and whatnot. Um, so, uh, once again, I use four or five different sites, anything from creating Facebook groups to creating – uh, my own websites for my couples in, um, I think I used to use Weebly mm -hmm. at one point, and I think I tried Wix. Like, I've done it all, right? Um, I have one of those free honeymoon registry that gives you a free website and whatever. None of it really looked and felt the way I wanted my brand to, re to, re to be reflected, mm -hmm. and they were a little bit less user-friendly. So now I include in all of, like, all of my, my bookings, um, include a wedding website with Appy Couple. It's the cutest name ever. I know, I love it. Uh, and, you know, it's <laughs> it's not free, hence the name premium, but they're stunning. Um, and what I really like about it is that they have so many different, like, upscale design. Anything from really simple, you know, beachy to super floral or elaborated or glitter uh, <laughs> uh, that you can choose. And I basically help them 
choose one that is going to like flow into their save the date. And it's kind of like the segue to telling their guests what kind of um, wedding affair they're going to have. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a firm believer that you can't expect people not to wear flip-flops at, you know, in shorts at your beach wedding if you have been casual Vista printing it all the way from the beginning. Um, you kind of have to set that expectation that just because it's a just because it's a beach wedding, you know, it has a, a theme that you have chosen as a bride and groom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so everybody gets that website and it's super easy to set up. Um, I buy it for them as part of my package. They all... Um, with their email so they set up the their stories the pictures and whatnot i used to do all that before it's super time consuming and then you have to chase them to get that information no more <laughs> <laughs> that's so smart they could have spent a week or three months doing that i don't care i set up the travel page mm-hmm. and that has you know information anything from pricing travel insurance payment plans resort photos booking forms like literally they have everything they need there to book if they read Okay. And then, so now we'll jump into kind of the project management tool that you're using, because when, when we talked about it, I had a little bit of trouble visualizing it because I'd never heard, I've used project management boards for our website and, um, but I've never heard of a travel agent use it. So can you walk us through, you know, what this board is and the checklist that you have and how you use it to communicate with the couple pre and during the wedding or I don't know if it's during but yeah 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 during so um it's the 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 project management tool is called Trello T R E L L O mm-hmm. uh, this is not my system this is you know a, a project manage a project management tool just like Asana and you know Basecamp and all those we'll link yeah we'll link to Trello so people can check it out perfect for those of you that are familiar with project management tools um and then what I did was I I started using Trello um a few years ago when I was planning my own wedding and I had two other weddings happening like or being planned that were going to happen. One was the day after in a completely different country than my wedding. And another one was about five days before also in a different country. So as we started to plan our wedding and we were going to send us save the date. Mm-hmm. My father got sick in Puerto Rico. Um, I live in Florida. He lives in Puerto Rico or used to live in Puerto Rico. And he had a massive um, stroke and heart attack. So it was like an instant thing that it was like, if you don't get here today, like, you know, he's not going to make it. So long story short, um, I ended up becoming his full-time caregiver and I had to basically move to Puerto Rico for weeks at a time. Um, And we were just about to send out the save the dates for our wedding. So, and I was booking more weddings and it was like, oh my God, like, and all these questions were coming in which I knew, but I used to answer them via email, right? It was just taking too much time while I was stuck at a hospital without a lot of signals. I'm like, I got to get creative here. And I used to have this one-page checklist with like, you know, 12-month, 11-month, but it literally was just the check, the, 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 the task. And if you wanted to print it and put a check mark, go for it, mm-hmm. right? Well, everybody has those. And it was not interactive. It was not, it didn't really have room for you to elaborate on what you meant or to share additional resources. So Trello came came around. I created this checklist based on the paper one that I had. And then as I started planning my own wedding, I started to basically build stuff into it, you know, that were very specific to destination weddings because none of the other stuff out there that you get from, you know, uh, Wedding Wire, The Knot, and those big uh, uh, wedding companies um, are customized for you know weddings abroad they're just your traditional wedding Mm -hmm. Um, and then that's you know that's kind of how it started so I now sell like essentially sell it it's it's included but I'm you know explain it to my brides as part of the consultation Um, and just show them how you know this is basically my brain on a checklist that is interactive so they have the option to you know check stuff on their own as they go so I don't mm-hmm. have to be, you know, become their wedding planner. And then also um, we have the option to collaborate in it, which basically takes them out of my email mm-hmm. so that I can, you know, just have a more organized um, collaboration with them. And what I mean by collaboration is, you know, there's a lot of back and forth when you're showing them 
um, the first round of hotels. There's so you do that all in Trello. You have well, like a like these are your resorts, and then you give options, and then there's cards or something underneath them. No, I have a card that is basically you know that country like destination destination options, right? Because sometimes they come to me and they want you know the Maldives, uh, Saint Lucia, Jamaica, no Mexico, Puerto Rico, and like they're all over the map, right? So we kind of start there. I use a tool called um, Bright Yonder, uh, formerly known as Visual Itineraries, for those of you that may be familiar with it. Um, and that's what I present, like my first round of resorts based on our consultation. Okay. Um, and then I have one that, uh, you know, talks about the resort. So like, you know, it's resort choices. So I post that link there and then I ask him to come back and basically go shop it, look around. I don't care. Like I'm not even giving them pricing at that time. Um, just look at it, you know, tell me what is your, what, what, how do you feel about them? And let's try to narrow it down to your top two. Um, but you, basically you can't go wrong with any of them because I've curated them for her. Mm -hmm. So it's not like I'm sending them the same resource to everyone. Right. And you, and you ask like the, one of the first questions you ask is their Pinterest page. Totally. Yes. Mm -hmm. Pinterest, uh, their Pinterest uh, page or link so that I can see their vision and you know, how a resort that may be a little pricier, it's going to get it right or how the resort that they thought they wanted doesn't have that rooftop terrace or, you know, that pier that they wanted. Uh, because at the end of the day, and I've, I've said this for a long time to agents, we cannot, or I, sh I would flip this and say, we have to stop as travel agents as just being people that are quoting and sending out, you know, random resorts without looking at the wedding part of it. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is true that they're concerned about the budget, uh, price point for their guest, and obviously the the resort is going to reflect that. But there is a big part of their wedding that it's around the wedding itself, right? Before they worry about the guests, they already had a vision about what they wanted their wedding to look like. And let's be honest, not all hotels are created equal. I've been to over six, seven hundred resorts since I've been in, in the industry, and some of them just don't cut it. Mm -hmm. They could be the cheapest one, but they or they could be the the priciest one, but they don't have Maybe they're really great, but they don't have the nightlife that the couple wants, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. I, I asked for the Pinterest so that I can marry the travel and the wedding piece. And then you have really specific things that are in there as well. Like um, you talked about the save the date and saying, I don't know how long you're supposed to send that out. But, you know, you say that traditionally you send it out at X amount of months. Maybe you yes. can explain it because I have never gone through a wedding. And so I'm clueless <laughs> to all of this stuff. I've gone through so many. Okay. <laughs> so uh, traditionally, going back to how most uh, checklists and most uh, bridal resources are for traditional weddings, uh, traditionally, you know, you're supposed to send out like to save the dates about like three months or so. And then um, like under six months, essentially, depending on what source you look at. So let's say four to six months. And then your, your actual invitations are supposed to go out like six to eight weeks before the wedding. Well, honey, by eight weeks, like this group got to be like almost paid in full, right? Uh, because we, we have a wedding to plan and we have, you know, a, a, a final payment due dates that are not 45 days when you're dealing with 50, you know, 50 guests or 50 rooms. So I give them that basically at the 12th month, which is right at the beginning. So whether they hire me at nine months or at 19 months, that is their first card that them talks about you know, pick out your save the dates. And then I give them examples of um, basically the wording. So I like now I added my own save the date so that they can see it. Um, another thing that I talk about there is like sunset, um, essentially the sunset time picker. Like you have those rides that they really want a sunset wedding, right? Mm -hmm. Well, sunset is not universal at the same time everywhere or, you know, every single day. So they may not know and they, they, Okay, I want the sunset wedding. They tell the coordinator, which at some hotels, let's be honest, they do not know a damn thing about, you know, anything outside of their spreadsheets that they're sending out. They're just salespeople to me. Um, not everyone. I love my resort partners, but I'm just saying you have to be aware that, you know, those little things are important before you actually, before they commit to those things. Mm -hmm. 
and you know like you know pick the right time for sunset so if you have a wedding of 100 people and sunset is at 6 p.m you should not be getting married at 5 30 or you know 6 p.m because you're gonna, it's gonna be pitch black at the beach beautiful we, <laughs> we need to time it where you know maybe you do the 4 30 or the 5 p.m so that you have enough time for that cocktail hour and then for those pictures you know at sunset with your honey meaning you know for the bride and and, and their partner mm -hmm. um, so yeah like those things that they're just not not familiar or even aware that they should know before picking the perfect time the perfect resort the perfect location all that good stuff yeah we'll we'll link to because you gave me the um website earlier but to the sunset um where you can figure out the sunset so if any other agents want to use that yep it's such an impressive infrastructure you've built for the for communicating with the bride and things like that. But let's move into like the actual booking portion. Um, so the first question is: You have a non-refundable. Let me. I have to get this wording right. Destination wedding management fee for your services. So why do you call it a destination management fee, and how has it evolved over time? Um, well, it's evolved a lot, um, especially around basically my confidence and my experience. So when I started, I was charging, well, first I was charging nothing, mm -hmm. then I was charging 250, then I created three different packages and, you know, they included a bunch of different stuff. Uh, but there were like over time, I just realized that they were getting in the way of people hire me because they were getting, they had to make too many choices to, to work with me. Mm -hmm. when they already were overwhelmed by all of these other choices. So I just brought it down to one fee um, that they, you know, it's either, you know, at that point after an hour, hour and a half that we have been talking, I mean, it's very clear. You either want, want my knowledge and my expertise or you don't, right? If, mm -hmm. if, if your thing is the bottom number, be my guest and, you know, bless and release. Um, so I have that fee. That's my my professional fee that they pay me for to coordinate that. And this is essentially, you know, just to pay for those tools that I use. I pay for Trello. I pay for, uh, you know, their website. Happy couple. I yeah, uh, for yeah, exactly happy couple. We're gonna link um, to that just because it's just so cute, and they are really beautiful templates. They are gorgeous, aren't they? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So that's my fee. Um, and again, it's really not tied to the booking portion of it. Um, for those of you that don't know, I'm hosted, which means in the state of Florida, I'm not allowed to charge fees for travel. So yes. I don't charge fees for travel. So if you come to me for an FIT or like the actual clients that are coming to me, like their guests that are coming to me for bookings, I don't charge them a penny. Um, I treat it just like any other travel booking. But again, before we even book travel, there is so much other stuff that we have to do to get all of that, you know, foundation or uh, structure as you call infrastructure as you called it, mm -hmm. set up that number one, it's taken me a long time to to build and to learn and to master. Number two, I truly believe know and get it from the rights that I've saved them a ton of headaches, hours, and you know, complex uh, complications down the road that I deserve the fee. I've earned it. Mm -hmm. So that's my fee. And again, it also helps that when I'm getting these brides, you know, dealing with 15, 20, 23 groups at once, it's not easy. Mm -hmm. Right. So it, and some of them cancel. Right. So oh, yes, because it's now you do non-refundable, which is yeah, important. mine's non-refundable. So mm -hmm. if you wake, if you wake up tomorrow and like, you know, all of a sudden your dad said he's not going to the wedding. All right. I'm kidding. If it's tomorrow, I may give it back to you. Right. <laughs> next week and, and i've already bought stuff for you know i've earned my my keep and again i explained it very clearly in person and then they get it in writing mm -hmm. and you know through the invoicing system where they can pay sign for it so that we're both protected and that's all on your website too so people can check out how everything's on your website that people can sign up for their consultation they can pay online which is really nice and automated yeah, the, the invoice for the wedding planning portion of it or the wedding management, it's not in there. I use a separate invoice system, invoicing system for that because, again, mm -hmm. I want the signature and whatnot. And, again, it's not travel-related. Um, mm -hmm. The links in on my website are just my links, uh, my reservation forms that link up to my vacation CRM, which is the CRM that I use for, like, the actual travel portion of the business. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. So... 
uh, just to let people know when Will was talking, he's hosted by KHM. And if you're not aware of kind of what Will was talking about, where you're not able to charge fees when you're hosted because of the Florida seller of travel laws, it's too much to get into here. But we do have a great article on it um, oh. that goes over it by all the different states. Um, so you can better understand which states you need it in. And if you're hosted, what are the rules behind it? So we'll link to that in the show notes um, for you. But um, let's see. So let's talk about you have a really strong opinion on contracted or flex groups and you don't do one. Um, which one is that and why? Which one I don't do? Oh, yeah. Well, I guess or do. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I do contracted contracted uh, groups or room block as they mm-hmm. you know, most most brides know it know it. Um, it you know though the, I think though the answer is simple yet it's very complicated because it took me a lot of years to understand it. So the flexible group, some people some vendors call it a la carte. You know whatever flexible group is basically where the resort or the tour operator in this case is giving you a code and then you are just booking a bunch of FIT rooms and then anybody that books under that uh, group code, you're going to link it together and that's how they know it's a group. Mm-hmm. Um, however, there's no space guaranteed. There's no price being locked locked in and the, the perks are like way, way less, meaning the comps that you can earn back for your couple. Um, for example, most hotels will give you like one free room for every 10, for every 11 or for every 16 or 21 if you're doing flexible groups um, versus the contractor room block. Um, it's just so much easier because, oh my God, 79 reasons, but let me tell you just two or three. <laughs> uh, number one is, yes, it is more work because you have to really understand it so that you know that you are essentially taking on the, the financial um, you know, the fiscal responsibility for the couple, because at the end of the day, you are the one signing the contract with the tour operator. Mm-hmm. So it is your job as the agent to stay on top of those attrition dates and cancellation dates so that if those dates are coming up, and let's say you reserve 30 rooms and you have only sold 12, you have a grace period where you can release all those extra rooms without bothering or, you know, stressing your bride and without costing them any money, okay? Mm-hmm. That's number one. So yes, they are a little bit more work up front, but in the back end, they save you so much more time. So one of the perks is that you can actually guarantee those 25 rooms that you're booking for these groups. So if you need 25 rooms, and let's say, this is an example I use during my sales calls, um, let's say that you know Herbalife buys out the entire resort and, you know, you only have four rooms booked because we all know that guests will wait. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, even though if they are buying the entire hotel, there is a chance that the hotel may say, hey, we need to move you, right? And you'll be like, yes, we want to be moved. We don't right. want to be with Herbalife. <laughs> we want to be moved. But if it's not like a full buyout and it's just, you know, the hotel sells out because it's smaller, the hotel sells out because it's high season, or so. In uh, oftentimes what happens is the entire hotel doesn't sell out. The entry-level room categories is what sell out. So mm. here are these people that waited, you know, seven, eight months to book this room, even though they had this invitation. And without a room block contract, now they're stuck with having, if they want to go, they have to book the suites. They have to book all this other stuff. So having a contracted group is going to guarantee that the pricing won't change. It's going to guarantee that those room, that those actual rooms are there for you. And again, you can release some if you don't need them or... In most cases for my weddings, I have to add um, rooms to the block. In the resort, what they do is very thankful for that. They will honor the original rates that we reserved last March. Do all resorts do this? For me, they have all done it. Mm -hmm. You know, I have a really good relationship with my with my suppliers, so I don't know if that's you know what they do for every single one. But I have not had a single hotel come back and say, "Oh, sorry, we're going to give you the rooms, but they cost more now." So you have all of that wiggle room. And then in addition to that, the biggest thing is that a lot of agents and a lot of brides think that when you book a wedding, you book the group, you're done. Like, oh my God, they're going to rain now. They don't, right? You're going to get 10% of the clients that are going to book right away within the first four weeks. 
then you get like six months and nobody talks to you. Like you, you get an email here and there um, asking you questions and whatnot, but you're not really booking a lot of them. And then they all rain, uh, you know, they come pouring the day that you're supposed to have the final deposit day, which <laughs> hopefully you've padded. And, you know, yeah, that's a good three, tip. Yeah. Th uh, then hopefully it's only three, four months down the road. So those are some of the perks that you can do. Uh, you earn a lot more comps for those. And then um, the last thing is that on the flip side, when you do a flexible group, you are basically having to quote Aunt Mary five times. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because I used to get these. They will email me and be like, hey, we're attending you know, the Smith wedding. Can you please tell me how much it is for seven nights? Everybody thinks that what they can afford seven nights. I don't know why, right? <laughs> So they come with those seven nights, then they disappear because that's too expensive. Then they come back two months later. Can you check for me five nights instead from if I come in on that Wednesday? What are you doing when you have flexible rates? You don't have anything, you know, signed. You have to go in into the tour operator and quote again. Mm -hmm. so, that makes so, a lot of sometimes sense. Sometimes you've quoted one reservation three to five times, and this is no joke. With a room block, I give them in the website from the yeah, beginning three all to seven nights and then go book it. Well, I, I know you said it, it's a little bit more work up front, but it feels like less work to me because you, I mean, you have to read through the contract and make sure you understand any penalties or where things are going to help you um, and, and what the bride and groom are getting. But um, it, it seems a lot smarter to me. So a lot. Well, so you, you, we talked about how you don't necessarily have a favorite tour operator based on their destination wedding programs. You use classic a lot, but, um, and you let you do that because of your re relationship with their sales rep. And they also have like a thousand dollar air credit or something you said. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So my, my two favorite tour operators that I've used for, for the last few years of, you know, all of my growth have been, um, funded vacations and then classic vacations is definitely my number one, um, mm -hmm. at this time for my land groups, um, as it relates uh, to contract. Okay. And then, so what are your favorite resorts for destination weddings? <laughs> I hate this question because I get it asked every day <laughs> by agents and by brides. <laughs> Here is you the can just di direct them to this video or to this podcast. <laughs> yes. Say fast forward to 3840 and you'll hear the answer. <laughs> so here's the political answer, but it, it, it actually, it's actually the honest answer. Mm -hmm. um, to, me, to me, the biggest thing is, you know, resorts change all the time. Um, if you have been in the industry for any amount of time, uh, you know, four or five years, and you've been to a resort a few years ago and you come back, you, you may see that they have changed a lot sometimes not for the better, right? Whether there is service, they're looking dated or whatnot. Other times, it doesn't mean that the resort has gone downhill. It just means they open another resort that has similar price point, but it's now newer, better restaurants, better quality. So it's all about giving your clients the best value, right? I will note and say, I am an independent agent, you know, solo, that I don't have a boss telling me that I have to sell these three brands because of overrides. So I get to choose strictly based on my client's needs and obviously something that matches my, my, uh, my standards that I'm willing to put my name on. Uh, but you know, really it's, it's, I will say if I have to give you a few names, I will say the, the ones that I work with the most based on the value that they provide for my couples in terms of um, cost of the wedding events, Mm -hmm. And uh, cost of the rooms for the guests, I will say Hard Rock or AIC, um, AM Resorts, and Blue Diamonds or Royaltons. Mm -hmm. Blue Diamonds or Royalton by Blue Diamonds. Um, those are my, my three biggest sellers. And then I have, you know, Hyatt's and Supplier Resorts. But those are the three biggest ones based on, again, at this time, based on their current packages based on the the level of quality that I receive from them and the support. Um, those are my, my, my top three. If you do, if you have a larger group, is there a, a resort that's better because your wedding parties are quite large because you've had up to 100 or 110 or something. Mm -hmm. um, 
do if they have a larger group is there a resort that weighs better for those couples yes yeah for sure um high rock hotels i think they're really hard to beat when it comes to larger wedding groups mm -hmm. uh, based on you know their free private events um as i share with you palace also has some like that but that's a different story uh but they also have that program um but you know in my experience once you really understand the the, the value in 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 what it's gonna and ultimately end up costing these brides for the actual wedding um because it adds up right like if you have if you're working with a hotel that their wedding packages are up to 20 25 people and you know they end up having 60 well guess what yeah their package for 25 was let's say 3900 but then now every person is 130 dollars or 150 dollars or whatever the case might be so it adds up really quickly once again it goes back to that really really good solid initial consultation with your couples where you are understanding how many people are they bringing or inviting and then how many people will, will actually show up in my experience almost without fail i've had a couple that have surprised me a few weddings but almost without fail i would say 60 percent of guests of my wedding list will come mm -hmm. and that was actually true for my own wedding as well okay that's a that's a really good figure to have so yep well when when an agent is thinking about entering the destination wedding space because it, it can be very intimidating what can they do to make sure they have the best chance for success? Whew. Another one of those frequently asked questions. Mm -hmm. um, you know, first you have to understand that Brazilas is a myth. Mm -hmm. Not all of them are like that. I always say my, my brides have Brazila moments. But for the most part, the rest of the time, I don't know if I just keep them in check or, you know, I, I, <laughs> or it's, you know, the project management or whatever. But for the most part, I, I've been very, very lucky with brides that, you know, I adore. They are really, really good to me. Um, you know, give me glowing reviews and, 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 and basically just have the wedding of their dreams. So I would say um, that's a myth. So if you're not afraid of booking groups, if you're not afraid of uh, dealing with essentially understanding the, 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 those things that go before the booking itself, I always tell my students, you know, the, the, the wedding is the hook. The benefit for us is the group, right? Mm -hmm. So when I wanted to do groups and I didn't want to do anything with weddings, it, it was just hard because I was not connecting with them at that level. So they were getting the information out there. Um, from God knows who, and then I was just basically competing with every other agent that was thinking like me and didn't want to get involved into that. When mm -hmm. I flipped that mindset, it was like, like the bookings fly, and then the consultations is I close easily three out of four. Okay, mm -hmm. so niching it's super important because think about it from any other uh, any any other business perspective. Um, travel is very visual, but wedding industry is even more. So. When these brides are super overwhelmed with all of this stuff, they're also being bombarded by the photographers. They're also being, you know, like flashy dresses and whatnot. So your brand has to reflect that. Um, and it just has to speak to their needs. Otherwise, if your website is just talking about cruises, Disney, this and that, you're, you know, you're just a general medicine doctor when someone needs, you know, a cardiologist or a dentist. Like, it's just like, where do I go here? When you need a dentist, you don't go to the clinic. You don't go to the hospital, right? You go to the dentist's office. Mm -hmm. So just having a niche or a specialty is going to be super important. And I want to say this so that it's recorded until even after I, the day I die. Please, wow. <laughs> having a niche does not mean that you do not sell anything else. Yeah. It, yeah. This is where you focus. I still sell other stuff to my repeat clients. And of course, that beautiful big database that I get from, from all of these wedding groups every year. Having a niche just means you're gonna ex you're gonna exceed, um, you're gonna excel at it because you're gonna be in the know, and you're gonna know these little things about more perks and what hotels have the rooftop and whatnot. So if you don't want to niche down, it's okay. But I don't think you are gonna be able to uh, compete unless you're competing on just rates. Mm -hmm. For a one man show, that's not the business model that I want. I want to be the person that they want to work with because I've earned their trust. 
Um, and then in addition to that, then, you know, definitely we have, I've been a charter member of DWHSA, which stands for Destination Weddings Honeymoon Specialist Association. Yeah, it's, it's a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> so DWHSA, um, it was very, very, very nice for me at the beginning to have that resource. Um, you know, although not everyone was booking destination weddings, just being exposed on a daily basis to resorts um, <clears throat> that did destination weddings and, and other agents that were in the Romans travel arena was mm -hmm. very beneficial. So don't expect them to do your work for you. Uh, but I think, you know, it's a really good networking opportunity to connect with other, with other agents inside of the Facebook group and some other webinars. Yeah, we'll link to it because that it is a great organization and we've partnered with them for a few things. So, yep. Um, well, speaking of training opportunities, because the DWHSA has some, but it's not like an A to Z guide on how to do destination weddings. But recently, is it today that your your first group of agents is graduating from your course yes, yes. Yeah, well congratulations to them but thank you um yeah so tell us um just really quickly what your course is about destination weddings and and who it's good for <sighs> okay so uh my workshop um it's called destination wedding playbook okay we'll link to that yes and essentially what it is is a hands-on workshop where you are not only talking not only understanding about the niche but you're also understanding the the marketing piece of it and how to attract these brides the way i do with social media so you don't have to be spending you know uh, a ton of money on, on bridal shows or waiting only twice a year during engagement season so i call it stay engagement season ready mm -hmm. um you also learn about the sales aspect of it because for those of you that are in the Midwest or in the Northeast, you get, you know, all this snow, um, you have to drive. Like, I know a lot of agents that still drive to Starbucks, you know, to, to, to clients to meet up with them. For those of us that are home based, I mean, for me, it has been a blessing to create this system where I can, you know, meet with my couples online, just like you and I are right now, face to face. You can't hire me unless we have these, these uh, interviews, so to speak. Um, so, you know, just learning that, actually listening to some, some of my very own um, sales consultations with couples so that you understand what their, their, their concerns are and how I overcome them and all that good stuff. Um, and then the last piece is automation, which is, as you know, system nerd mm -hmm. here, yeah. or just a system for just about everything, which what I've learned is, you know, from, from my students is that I not only has it the program not only has built their confidence so much more in how much they actually know and how prepared they are to to service these brides, but also the automation part of it that we built after creating all these foundational pieces in the blog and all that good stuff, it gives them this freedom to free up more time, whether they want to spend more time with their families because they were working 16 hours a day or whether they actually want to use that time to actually sell and book more groups. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what it is. It's just, you know, it's a 15 weeks uh, program. We teach it live once a week. So on camera, it's a meeting. So people are able to ask questions. And it's experienced agents, right? This isn't for someone brand new to the industry with no experience. Correct. I will say when I was creating this program, I will say if you have been in the industry for at least a year or some of my agents have been in the industry for seven, eight, nine years, uh, but either were afraid to book destination weddings or, you know, just just didn't know how to handle the volume. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it would be ideal, again, whether you are starting out, not new. Uh, I would say anything after a year, all the way to super experience selling a million plus dollars and just overwhelm where, you know, you just need good systems. I think it's it's a great um, it's a great option for you. The reason why I say not new it's because at the end of the day, you are working on learning and mastering how to manage the destination wedding and the groups. So if you don't know anything about what's a charter flight, if you don't understand that 10 rooms makes uh, 10 room makes a group, it's just going to be a lot of information for you to absorb, not to say that you can't do it. Uh, but it's just going to be a lot of information. However, it's recorded. I mean, we record it every week. So, you know, we I did the course for four months because the key was implementation. Mm -hmm. But 
I have agents that go back and re-listen and, you know, just really like there were terms or concepts that were so new to them um, that for them to implement it, they had to hear it twice. Mm-hmm. So I would say ideally get a little bit of experience um, in the tr- just travel. Okay. So like you're not hit with all of this, you know, universe of information. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. Um, it, it's getting to be wrapping up time. So it's time for the warm fuzzy segment, which I had pre-warned you about. And I, I feel like with your, um, your expanding the appreciation for the mer people could be your warm fuzzy because I'm sure they really appreciate it. But, you know, I think... I think that's a little too easy. So can you give us a non-mer people example? Um, yeah, when you warned me, that was like super hard. Um, <laughs> well, you know, I, I love getting um, two things. For me, getting the referrals that I actually use as uh, wedding features for my website. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's really, really, really priceless when it comes from my couples because it, that means they're taking the time to select the photos, to fill out this survey and all that stuff for me to use them as marketing. They know that. So I really love that. But I think um, my favorite, my, oh, and another thing that I really love, it's seeing my brides pregnant and like when they have their kids and they send me pictures to meet the baby. Oh, that's so sweet. Like, yes. <laughs> you know, like, you got a book with me for another three years. I, it, I, just, it, I just love it. it. It's really, really special for me to do that, uh, to, to see that. But um, I would say about, well, actually five years ago today, um, one of my first like bigger, more involved weddings when I was starting to like, you know, really focus on this, um, they had their destination wedding in Mexico. They were a referral from a f- former coworker's sister. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, I put, yeah, it's like, it, it was basically, I didn't know them and barely knew the person that referred them to. But anyways, um, they were super, super amazing to work with. I learned a ton from them. And I, at the time, I was living in Milwaukee. And they invited us to the wedding, you know, me and my husband. And we're like, oh, okay, we'll come. Um, why not? You know, it was February. Of course, we wanted to get out of there. Um, so we went to the wedding. And we made so many amazing friends. And I've planned so many weddings from that particular group. But the warm and fuzzy for me was the fact that his parents, the groom's parents, were divorced. And, like, out of the blue, they asked me to walk um, the groom's mom down the aisle to the wedding. That's so sweet. You made such good friends. Yeah, it was just, you know, yeah, it was just super cool um, to do that. And, and again, you know, to this day, they're really good friends. They still send wedding referrals to me, and they will forever be one of my favorite weddings. Yay. Well, that's all for today, but everybody stay tuned because our next episode is um, we're going to be interviewing a VP of sales, um, and you'll hear about how she booked a 196-person group in just four weeks on a cruise. Um, I know, super impressive. So, um, Will, it was a pleasure chatting with you today. Thanks so much for taking the time. Likewise. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me, and I hope this was helpful for many agents out there. Uh, whether you just needed that little tech tool or, you know, just the encouragement to, to know that this is possible. Um, when you and I were talking about, talking about before the, the recording, um, you know, to me, this was such a like lifelong dream. Uh, and I started so young. I was 24 years old. I was the kid that wanted to go on fams and, you know, drink up and, you know, stay up until five o'clock. And yeah, show up. those are the days. But, <laughs> And, you know, and, and, and there was a part of me that really didn't know this could be a business, mm-hmm. um, you know, like a real business that could support me for quite a few years. And, you know, it took me going on fams and meeting people that were actually making a living, that were not in the industry for 50 years, um, you know, people that like me, you know, uh, that were just five years older than me, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were already really doing it. And it just gave me the inspiration that I needed to really make this work. Mm-hmm. Um, and quit my nine to five. And I'm really appreciative for that. So if this um, interview can help anyone know that this is possible um, for you, 
and that you can make it happen with, you know, working a little hard and then really smart. Mm -hmm. um, there's definitely an ocean of clients out there that need people that are, you know, prepared, trained, that care about, you know, service and, you know, doing the, what's right for the client. And uh, that's my hope that we yes. got to inspire you a little yes. bit today. It's very inspiring and hopefully you'll get some. Usually people will get calls or emails after like for advice and things like that. And we'll also link to the, um, is it, uh, to your, uh, course in the show notes for people too. So thank you again and have a wonderful day. To read a transcript of today's episode and to view our show notes, visit hostagencyreviews.com slash TAC. And we're not just doing podcasts, people. We're now on YouTube. So subscribe to our channel and you'll be alerted every time we upload a webinar or a silly video. And one more thing, I'm looking for some feedback. We currently produce the show quarterly, but we're toying with the idea of doing it more frequently and rotating supplier interviews with agent interviews. Is this a good idea? Bad idea? Are you hoping I'll require all of our guests video their mer person technique before I even let them on the show? Let me know your thoughts on any of this by sending a note to steph at hostagencyreviews.com.